This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Amazingly, 64,000 tonnes of clothing are just thrown out every year in Ireland, contributing to a huge amount of environmental damage. And this kind of carry-on just isn't sustainable. During the week, uh, we're very interested to see that Love Island, which is coming back onto our screens on Monday, has changed sponsor away from a fast fashion brand to eBay. It's all part of a big move towards sustainable fashion. And as we like to discuss uh, sustainability and the environmental crisis on the programme, we thought it would be a good idea to look over uh, what this all means and how it points the way uh, for a better future for the environment. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Annalise Duffy, who's Managing Director of the Linen Shirt Company, who joined us on the programme a few weeks ago. Good morning, Annalise. Hi, John. How are you? Very well, thanks. And Roxanne Parker, who's a sustainable fashion stylist. How are you, Roxanne? Good morning, John. Very well, thank you. Tell me, Roxanne, um, did I exaggerate the damage that fast fashion is doing to uh, the environment there in my introduction? No, absolutely not. And one of the main problems is that this cheap, fast fashion known as disposable fashion isn't disposable. So the clothes are ending up being exported to the third world because they have absolutely no resale value. You can buy them so cheap, they're always on sale. If you go to a charity shop, they just have no resale value. And they're such poor quality that they just disintegrate after a wash so they're ending up being shipped off to the third world or countries like Chile where they're being dumped in the Atacama desert and we have these enormous piles of clothes which take about 200 years plus to degrade because they're made from oil so and a lot of the fabrics are blended so they might be a cotton polyester blend so while the cotton decomposes the polyester is left so we're left with these skeletal mountains of plastic. Annalise, this is something that's been on your mind in the the development of your uh, company, the uh, Linen Shirt Company. Tell us your perspective on it. Well, John, as I had said to you when I was in here the last time, um, and thanks again for the opportunity of of letting me come back on to chat again. Um, So what really, I'm third generation manufacturer and designer based in Ireland. So the most important thing to me is not only manufacturing in Ireland, but also to be able to use a sustainable fabric. So for our collection, we use only 100% Irish linen. So we can stand over our fabric and our production as well at the same time uh, to really show that there it's not always about fast fashion and that you know you buy it once wear it once um my ethos and always my family's ethos in the past was always about bringing together um communities from the the maker right through to the consumer and give them an item that they can wear ongoing um, so that's really where I come from. So that's how I suppose myself and Roxanne are su- are such good friends on this because we're both coming at the same problem with different angles, uh, but but see, really singing the same song. Yeah, now I'm not a big fan of Love Island, but I'm aware of it. But it's a hugely, it would seem to me in many ways, the epitome of fast fashion, disposability, fads and so on. How big, uh, Roxanne, of a change is it and how significant a change is it that... Um, They've uh, 
disposed of a fast fashion sponsor, so to speak? It's major because traditionally the previous casts have gone on to be major influencers who are brand ambassadors for fast fashion brands or uh, collaborate and have their own fast fashion brand. So if we can cut that chain and start educating the viewers to shop and view clothes and consume clothes in a different way. So eBay traditionally um, sells secondhand, vintage, small makers. So um, there's going to actually be working with Dua Lipa, the pop star stylist. So she's actively going to troll eBay, find secondhand vintage and small designer brands to dress these contestants every week. So what I'm really hoping is that the viewers will start being inspired by the fashion and the trends as opposed to clicking on the button and buying these really cheap, terrible clothes, which are bad for the economy, the environment and for for us really in terms of health because there's even those chemicals on the fabrics that are just not good for for us. You know, you're sweating, you know, they're right next to your skin. That's not good for your endocrine system. So I would love to see uh, that next generation being influenced to think that shopping Secondhand clothes is really cool. Uh, Customising, upcycling what you have is really cool. The most ethical thing you can do is shop your own wardrobe. So say, for example, if one of the Love Island people is wearing, you know, a pink suit, somebody might go home and go, do you know what? I have those trousers in my wardrobe because I can't physically go out and get the exact outfit that she's wearing, which they would have been able to do. It's it's getting to people to think outside the box, how they consume clothes. So I'm really hoping it pushes people to be more creative and in turn more sustainable. Annalise, you're, you're building a business, presumably using these values of sustainability and so on. How much extra work and how difficult is it to, you know, make the leap from just disposability to, you know, to more ethical, more sustainable and more, um, you know, long term thinking when it comes to clothing? It's actually easier, would you believe? Um, Because you're not trying to churn out as many quantities of an item um, in a fast fashion manufacturing situation. So you're taking more care and time over what what you are producing, which is a better way to work, um, really. And by using a better quality fabric as well, you don't have the same amount of waste coming out of your fabric because the fabric is woven better it's made it's it's produced better so you don't have all of the faults and um the 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 kind of the 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 stuff that normally would come to say um regarding say fabric that is badly printed for example because it's very cheap you're going to have a lot of off cuts because the print isn't very very good and the pattern isn't very very good so it's hard to work around so when you're working with a base fabric that's a good quality fabric it's easier to start off with so it's it's much much easier to produce um slower fashion than it is to produce fast fast mass fashion. Mm. Um, when it comes to fashion though, Roxanne, my perception is that fashion is always operated on you have this season and what will be a la mode or whatever you call it this spring, summer will actually be passe when it comes to next summer. Is that an old fashioned way of thinking and do we need to change our, our thoughts well, on it's what fashion is in fashion? It's certainly the business model that fashion has pushed because it pushed sales. So the idea is to make people feel insecure. So you're out of fashion. 
you're, what you're wearing now, you need to buy something new. So I guess it really started around in the 1960s with Yves Saint Laurent when he designed Reeve Gauche, which was the first ready-to-wear collection. Up until then, it was all au couture. <laughs> so everything was made to measure and it was for, you know, very Longevity. wealthy. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then other people got dresses. Either your mum made your dresses or you got a local seamstress to make things. And suddenly that's when we had fast fashion. We had the 1960s. We had the boom in industry where we had acrylics, nylon, polyester, we were able to produce things more quickly and um, we had you know more factories more mass production and in m- more recent times it's gone from fast fashion to what i would describe as ultra fast fashion we now have brands like shen in china which are pumping out 17,000 new styles of clothes a day a day a day Crikey. so it's completely and utterly unsustainable. It's a race to the bottom. And I think Presumably they only do it because there's a market for it. So, you know, we need to change people's mindset. We do. And I think what's happening now is we're beginning to see the cracks in the business model of fast fashion. It's interesting what you were saying, Annalise, about there's very little waste in the way that you're manufacturing. In terms of these fast fashion brands, you talk to any woman who's bought online clothes that are cheap and they'll open the package and it does doesn't fit it doesn't meet their expectations and it's it, it's just not what they expected now a lot of the time what happened particularly during lockdown when people were bored and shopping more online they didn't bother returning the clothes so like it when you think about it you've got people being paid substandard uh, way of living ma- manufacturing these clothes um, in awful conditions and we in the west aren't even wearing the clothes like it's so fragmented and when you look at what's happening in terms of uh, Misguided, which is a massive um, online e-tailer, and they lost 26 million in sales in one year. So something's not working anymore. And you do have to question when you see um, a garment, maybe a skirt that's been sold for 10 euro or 15 euro, and an influencer is being paid 6,000 to advertise that one style on an online post. How is that sustainable? Yeah. How can you keep going? I don't understand how it works. It does so, seem so to be buy a less and buy more, or buy buy less and buy better. I should say exactly. So if you, I always, I always, I, I'm not going to name any stores, but there's some high street stores that people are almost addicted to buying because the, the the level of newness draws them in, and the cheap, affordable prices draw them in. But they will never walk out with just one top. What they will do is they walk out with 100 to 200 euro worth of stuff that's going to fall apart after one wash or perhaps they don't even like because it was so cheap they just decided to pick it up and not even try it on and then they get it home. Now if you were to flip it around and go okay that 100 to 200 euro I'm going to put towards a really beautiful coat or a really beautiful well-made suit or I'm going to support a local designer or even just the thing that I think I can't afford. If I sat down and crunched the figures, I absolutely could afford because I'm hemorrhaging money on fast fashion. So we need to really re-educate people. Buy less, buy better. There's really good resale in your clothes. Like if you have beautiful clothes or if you have pieces that are 
designer you can actually resell resell them there's websites uh, like Depop but also Vestiaire that specialise in designer clothes and like I've spoken to some companies who uh, there's a designer exchange their handbag company in Dublin and they resell designer handbags like Louis Vuitton and Prada they told me a scenario of a lady who bought a second hand Louis Vuitton handbag from them and actually two years later made a thousand euro profit on reselling that bag so that's when it gets really interesting from a consumer point of view that you can be quite clever in how you spend your money but never on fast fashion So you're a a sustainable fashion stylist but presumably you're kind of nearly a, a tutor to people in how to change their mindset and to to change how they buy and how they think about fashion as well. Well, I made the change a number of years ago and particularly during lockdown when I saw brands like Annalise and other Irish manufacturers really struggling and they didn't have the infrastructure that these massive fast fashion brands had in terms of e-commerce where it's, you know, free postage and it's all these supermodels and ad campaigns and everything. I was like, we need to look at keeping the money at home and we need to look at buying better and supporting local design where we can. So I just started to shift. I'd always been um, more in favour of buy less, buy better, buy luxury goods. And I do see products made in Ireland as luxury goods, by the way, using like whether it's Donegal Tweed or wools or hand knits. I mean, they're all luxury or linen. That's, that, that is a luxury good. And I think we need to redefine what luxury is in Ireland. It doesn't necessarily have to be an Italian or a French house. So I start to work with these garments and I'm very lucky that I get to work with a lot of celebrities and I start to dress them in it and I start to only use these clothes on shoots. Because I've been a fashion editor and a stylist for over 20 years. And, you know, it was my job, I guess, to influence people. You know, one one season, as you say, it's wearing skinny jeans. The next it's wearing boyfriend jeans and the next it's mum cut jeans. So I thought if I've done that in the past, maybe I can influence people just to shop in a more ethical way. And, and that's why I think the whole Love Island thing is amazing because it's just all about awareness. And the more we speak about this and get the message out, and I understand it's really difficult. So for me, I'm doing the legwork. I'm, I'm researching brands. I'm going into shops. I'm looking at the fabric composition. Um, so I'm, I'm making sure that the clothes I'm using, if they're made from cotton, that they're, they're GOT certified. And that means that there's no herbicides or pesticides, that the workers who are picking the cotton and weaving the cotton, everything in that is ethical. Um, I'm looking at the factories behind making the, the garments. I'm looking to see, are the fabrics recyclable? There's so much greenwashing that's going on in the moment and it's a constant education. Like, For example, a plastic bottle can be recycled indefinitely. But when you pull that plastic bottle out of that recycling and turn it into garments, it's once it's end of life as a garment, it can't be recycled. Mm. So you might pick up a, a garment and think, oh, that's amazing. It's made from recycled bottles, but not necessarily. Mm. But there's there's amazing things happening at the moment. Uh, Anna Louise, uh, how do businesses who are perhaps into retailing, how do they pivot? Because they're at the end of a supply chain, buying clothes at trade fairs, presumably, many of which wouldn't be sustainable. How do they kind of say enough without leaving the business? Well, the the thing is, is that, John, it, it starts from the consumer. That's where the starting point is always. And the consumer has a has the choice and opportunity to drive change. Um, just before I came in, I was having a quick look. And Love Island 
um, totaled on average every night their viewership was 2.8 million. Uh, for their final last year, the viewership was 3.2 million. Was there so? When you have um, a mainstream program like Love Island championing a new way of consumer-driven fashion, that's a huge, huge opportunity to buy into not only from the consumer buying into it because you're 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 looking at a a, a large demographic from um, a teenage kids right up to adulthood that are following. Love Island because they enjoy it, but they're also getting, you're you're also getting the opportunity of that influence of a change of mindset, and um, that will always drive a retailer to go with that because the the retailers their job is is actually to retail. It's not to look at the stuff in the shop. So the retail then will always drive the manufacturer because the manufacturer wants to stay in business as well. So the knock-on effect, and then the, the from a manufacturer's side, the manufacturer then will start to source quality fabric in order to make garments that they know they can sell. In turn, to make that happen, will they have to pay their workers the uh, a proper wage in order to come up to a quality standard that they can sell to the retailer? So... It's to bring it back to the for for people to understand that there is no piece of clothing that anybody in the world wears on a daily basis that has not been touched by human hands during its production. Now, when you actually think of that, somebody has gone through the effort to actually make what you're wearing and has done it with attention to detail, whether it's here, whether it's in Bangladesh, whether it's in the middle of China. Somebody has impacted what you're wearing. And if you appreciate that somebody has done that for you so you can actually look like you want to look for the day, that changes your perception of what fast fashion is in my mind. And you, and that's the big, big change that I think um, Love Island as a program has the opportunity to change me, people's mindset. And that's why this year in particular is so unbelievable um, from a brand like like ourselves or other brands, not even Irish brands, but international brands as well, to say this is huge. It's the tip of the iceberg, and it's just an incredible opportunity. So when you when you do think about Love Island, you're thinking, "Oh, really?" Like, honest God. But then you look at it from the other side. And say, oh my God, this is absolutely incredible, and it's not about some retailers who aren't doing it well, some retailers who are doing it well. Da da da. This is not what it's about. It's about driving change for society. Mm. And that's what's important. Uh, Roxanne, do you think people will notice a difference between how the contestants in Love Island were dressed before and how they're going to be dressed this year? Well, there has to be a difference because they're going to, they're literally going to be using secondhand clothes and, and vintage. And it's I'm hoping that will be a little bit more creative and not so cookie cutter, which I think is fantastic for younger people as well. I think we need to remember to express our individuality in fashion, too, because everything just became a little bit too identical. So I think it'll be 
you know, really liberating. And you're, we're already starting to see a huge push in sustainability with the younger generation. You know, they want this. There's a lot of like um, small brands on eBay that are actively upcycling. So what that means is they're taking old garments and they're making it into something new. So it might be something as simple as a denim jacket and embroidering it, or it might be something quite complex like taking a quilt and turning it into an amazing patchwork dress but all of that is amazing and at the end of the day it's about uh, stopping this craziness of the waste that's going on in the world and you know I think re-energising fashion with creativity I think that's a really good thing Um, You you spoke about how your career as a stylist is around 20 20 years, where mm. was it 20 years ago in terms of wearing quote unquote old clothes uh, or second hand clothes or pre-loved clothes it was actually in a very good place because I, I was looking back when I was about from the age of 15 to 19 I wore vintage clothes and I because I always had an eye for fashion I would have had a really good influence on my friends I used to take them vintage shopping there was great vintage stores in Dublin it was quite a cool thing to do the 90s was when the grunge kind of era was coming out people like Kate Moss who was a great proponent of vintage so we had really iconic famous people wearing vintage clothes so it was deemed to be quite a cool thing to do and somewhere along the line during the Celtic Tiger uh, era we fell into this trap of wearing something once and if you were photographed in it or seen on it you couldn't be seen in it again and that became not just for celebrities it became for everyone because you know MySpace started Facebook started Instagram started and we had just general members of the public going oh I've been seen in that dress in my Facebook you know profile I can't be seen in it again and that dripped down to normal women going I've been uh, seen at a wedding in that outfit or have been seen in a Holy Communion outfit I can't wear it again this is insanity and it needs to stop mm. we're not all Beyonce and I mean even we're seeing like the top superstars now it's becoming quite cool to re-wear their clothes because this is just such a huge problem that uh, it, I, I can see the tide shifting it's not going to be cool to wear throwaway fashion it's, in fact it's going to be deeply uncool and I think there's going to be a stigma and a little bit of an embarrassment about it. This is where we're going with this and anybody who's doing something like upcycling buying from a niche designer uh, going to markets, shopping charity shops, that's going to have an extra cool factor. It's happening you can feel it, the Love Island effect is only going to amplify that. It's great for all of us, it takes the pressure off financially, uh, you know all of the, these these brands spending loads of money on clothes it means that people can be more savvy, they can express themselves more and it's good for the planet. And presumably um, there will be business opportunities and new types of businesses as well. Well, I think we're going to see websites. You know, obviously, eBay is really big as well. But like, there's websites like Vestiaire that I mentioned and Depop as well that have come up kind of over the past couple of years as being a go-to. So people are just, you know, they're turning their wardrobe into a circular thing where if you have something that you don't wear, you just, that's money in your in your wardrobe that's not being used. You can take that out, turn it into cash and flip it and use that cash to buy something that you, you do want to use. And it can become just a circular thing that you're not actually spending any more money on clothes. You're just flipping your old clothes to buy something that you want. Um, even websites like adverts as well, which is, you know, 
person to person. So you can find out somebody in your local community who's got something that you want and you you can pick it up for cheap or you can they give it away for free. So I think there's going to be lots of new ways of buying things. Like there's a great website called Triftify. And what it's done is it's a home for all of the online charity shops to upload designer clothes. So say, for example, Oxfam, NCBI, um, you know, Bernardos, they find an amazing designer bag or designer jacket. They put it up on Triftify. They get a better price for it. And then consumers like you and I get all of that designer goodness in one go without having to toil around all the charity shops in the country. So there's amazing creativity coming through. And it's I think when I started looking into this area, there was very little happening. There was Patagonia and People Tree. And it was a little bit hemp and, and, and sandals. It wasn't cool. <laughs> and it would have been very difficult for me to do my job as a stylist to rock up with a rail of sustainable clothes and say to a celebrity, I'm getting you to wear these clothes. They would have been like, you're terrible stylists these are terrible clothes I'm not wearing them now it's got much easier we've got amazing Irish designers making here we've got second hand we've got vintage we've got upcycling happening we've we've got charity shops there's so much more happening it's exciting you yeah. know and Annalise um, I get the sense that there's a, a feeling of optimism about this um, space so often when we talk about the, the environmental and climate challenges it seems like a, a hill too big to be climbed but the fashion industry can change there's demand um, from consumers and Love Island is a bit of a tipping point may not be a, a complete tipping point but reasons to be cheerful in relation to this space 110% it's a massive massive opportunity right now um, and it's on our doorsteps that's the that's the first thing the deglobalization of the fashion industry is so so big and it's only the start of it right now um so that's why i suppose i'm not going to say that i've never watched love island because i probably would be lying <laughs> however <coughs> however so would I. do i watch it every day i don't um no all joking aside what i would say to you though is is that when you when you get something into the mainstream it becomes um an opportunity for brands to speak what they've always been speaking in the background. So it is a launching pad for, um, say, young designers coming out of college that really wanted to get into something and end up maybe being designers in fast fashion houses, which isn't what they signed up for when they went to college. Um, It's giving those people an opportunity to say, this is possible because as brands now, I can see that um, smaller brands that you can make money out of it, that you can start to scale it, and that people are going to appreciate what you're doing. And that's why these kids go to college, because they want to make a difference. They want to make a change. Um, With uh, the fast fashion industry, you're just copying and pasting the same thing over and over again. And it has become a uniform um, for people to buy into. So you're buying into this type of a uniform so as Roxanne was saying earlier it's not about person uh, personal individual style anymore it's about a uniform so when you're starting to buy clothes that are the style that you like people will find their own style and they will go with their own style so it will be less of um, this mass market industry of uniforms and more into individual personalities of style which I think is 
so so much better for um for the generations to come and generations growing up now is is that you should be able to allow your own personality to shine rather than buying into something um that everybody else is wearing and that's what this is going to give you Roxanne, finally, uh, you're optimistic about the future of uh, sustainable fashion and and its contribution to the change we need to make in relation to climate change and and the environment and sustainability. I definitely am. I think this is a real watershed moment in terms of where we're at. I would liken it to fast food before we understood fully how damaging it was to ourselves and our bodies we had to learn about what the ingredients were so the high fructose corn syrup or the additives or the MSG and we didn't know until people started talking about it and go did you know that this you know gives you you know a fatty liver or this you know all of these things this is exactly where we're at with fast fashion we're now understanding oh wow the making of this garment, the viscous, for example, which is made from trees. So they have to grow the trees. They have to cut them down. Then they dip them in a toxic uh cocktail of chemicals that cause the factory workers and the villagers downstream of the water supply because it causes a huge amount of water to have cancer. There's also, you know, the possibilities of different kind of uh, endocrine cancers for people wearing them. Even um, non-organic cotton, the farmers who are growing it are getting uh, different types of cancers as well. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect is, you know, the, the, the cost of fashion. Who actually made my clothes. I work with people who I actually know who made the clothes. Like like Annalise here, it's she made you know, clothes, you I know. know and I it's, have the it, hands to prove it with yeah, all the needles. Like in it. it's <laughs> I just think that's really beautiful. Now there of course that's there's gonna be different business models. We're gonna evolve. But we're seeing brands like uh, People Tree that are working with factories in India and everybody's getting paid three to four times above the average wage because the average wage in those countries, it's not a living wage. They have health care. They have, um, they're building schools for the children. They're giving back. They're not using harmful techno, uh, you know, uh, chemicals. There's a whole ecosystem around this that's going to have a ripple effect. But it starts with us educating what's going on, what's in my clothes. What, why is bamboo, for example, a better fabric? Because it doesn't need to be watered. Why? Why? But water's. What are we worried about water? There's all the water in the world. No, there isn't. There's a huge amount of water being used in the jeans that we wear, and there's now technology to have zero water waste in denim. So we need to push for that. The, the knowledge is there. Like I'm wearing a pair of trainers today, that are from an Irish company called Sampla. They're designed down the road in Waterford. They're made from apple leather, which is made from the recycled parts from the juice industry. There's uh, leathers being made out of pineapple. There's cottons being made out of orange remnants. There's there's polyester that's indefinitely being recyclable, so it's completely circular, being made out of ghost fishing nets being pulled out of this specific garbage patch in the ocean, spun into high quality fabrics that Irish designers like Aoife Handbags are using and Prada are using. So they're deemed luxurious. It's very exciting. There's huge innovation happening. We all just need to know what to look for and to stop and just question like, what, what am I buying? Who made it? What's it made from? That's very cheap. And just because we know this, we just switch our, there's a bit of cognitive, uh, you know, dissidence going on. You know, if you bought a top for six euro, 
you couldn't make it yourself for six euro. You couldn't buy the fabric for six euro. Something's off. So we do need to just stop a little bit. I'm not blaming us, the consumer. It's top down, but we need to push back and get them to make changes. And I'm angling for a place where it's going to be illegal in the future to produce a garment that's not fully recyclable. And if it's not recyclable, it's completely biodegradable because it's natural. That's where we're going with this and it needs to be top down law. Well, well done to you both and a pleasure talking to you and uh, hopefully we'll come back to this subject again and we'll be reflecting on positive change. But in the meantime, Annalise Duffy from the Linen Shirt Company in Roxanne Parker, a sustainable fashion stylist. Thanks for coming in and talking to us on The Bottom Line. Thanks a million. Thank you very much. KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie